0: This episode of the Italian-Australian podcast was recorded on Wadandi, Wadjuk Nunga, Budja. We pay our respect to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. Ben a tutti, and thanks for listening to the Italian-Australian podcast. This is Josie Dacui, your host, and I'm here with my brother Lucas. How are you?
1: I'm very well, Josie. How are you going today?
0: I'm going really good. Very excited to be here for episode three, Italian-Australia. Where are we at? Culture, generations, and language.
1: Yes, absolutely. This is going to be a good one. Uh, I think another... Very interesting topic to have on early in the show and to get our listeners sort of um, really tuning in and thinking about certain things that um, are just really interesting to break break down and to go over and really excited to have this chat with you.
0: Yes, as Lucas said, uh, we felt this would be a really interesting topic to bring to the listeners. We have done a little bit of research actually ahead of this episode uh, just because we wanted to give – a few statistics and some some facts bring that to the discussion so we've had a look at some of the australian government websites um the department of immigration and border protection and also the um, abs australian bureau of statistics and got some of the census data
1: yep yep that's right i mean um some of these stats i mean sometimes the stats can get a little bit boring and we don't just want to sit here and read our stats and whatnot, but these are very relevant to what we're going to be discussing. So we're not going to make it too much like a school lesson or whatnot, but you know they are very relevant to some of the things here, Josie. So where should we kick off? Um should we start with the generations and what our experience has kind of led to to now in 2023 from the immigrants starting to yes, come quite yep, a while I ago now in be... some cases. Yes, right, I think
0: so. Um well I was wondering Again, you might kill me for mentioning this one, but it's right here in the document that I've got in front of me from the Australian Bureau of Statistics and it talks about the um, definitions of what's the first generation, what's the second generation. So it might be worth... Touching on I think this is a good point
1: to touch on definitions. it, you know, please, because um, we, we have mentioned that in every episode so far and listening to the guys over at the IAP, there was some was it discrepancies or some uh, varying it came opinions up. Yeah. on what is a first generation. Yeah, so go ahead, Joe. so maybe we can clarify it.
0: Yes, yeah, so I think um, I think what the, the conversation that they had in the IAP and it's similar to conversations that Luke and I have had is that there's the, I guess, academic definition of what is a first-generation person, what's a second generation and so forth. And it's a bit different from the way that people just speak in their general conversations. So talking about a first-generation uh, person. So that would be a person who was born overseas. So people who have immigrated from Italy to Australia are considered the first generation. The children that they have in Australia are the second generation. And then the grandchildren are third generation and so forth. But I don't think that's really how we talk a lot of the time, is it? No, it's not.
1: And, and once not just again, us, like can...
0: lots of people.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Um, but people can hit us up from anywhere and maybe they do. Um, I can definitely say that a lot of people over here in West Australia don't and I'm pretty sure our friends on the Italian-American podcast ended up settling that they weren't going to be doing that as well. Mm. So I know that, like, I'm sure Rosella Rago and Dolores, they It was Dolores,
0: as... I'm sure, that was just saying, no, nah, I don't agree with that at all.
1: I'm sure it was early days it came up for them. Yes. Um, But I'm sure, like, Rosella has referred to herself as first generation I know that Dolores definitely did because I remember back at the beginning of their show when it was just herself and Anthony um they would actually introduce themselves um as you know first generation Italian American and third generation Italian American because Anthony had his great grandparents um who had immigrated so it's kind of like his parents were the first generation no sorry his his grandparents were the first generation his parents were the second and he considered himself the third um But once again, I mean, it's it's nothing major, so hopefully no one's getting um, too annoyed by that if they consider it a slightly different way. But I suppose it is relevant just for how we're speaking when we're talking about it.
0: um, Yes, that's right. So I guess we just wanted to bring that up in case anybody is actually interested and people start doing their um, their own research. And I guess just to point that out to people, that was my main goal for bringing that up is that... You might find on um, on a document that you're reading the way that people are um, referring to a first generation person is maybe different to the way that um, people do just in uh, common language. So, yeah,
1: because yeah. so I always thought like, the first generation was the like born and the people becoming Australian by birth. Because in that time period, so when our dad was born in Australia. He was Australian automatically by birth, which isn't necessarily the case. was actually not the case these days, depending on if Mm. you're born to people who don't hold Australian citizenship and that sort of thing, then you actually don't get your Australian citizenship straight up by birth. But you did back then. So the way that I'm pretty sure, once again, over here that most people were considering it is that, say, our dad would have become the first generation because he's the first Australian
0: that's Starting right. from that yes. line
1: and that sort of thing, and the first person born in Australia, then we've come down the second generation and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's okay. We can just clarify a little bit as you're doing some of your stats if we need to make sense for the listeners today.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so I guess in terms of the generations as well, obviously, everybody knows that the um, the age of Italian Australians is definitely uh, getting older. There's a lot of the um, original immigrants are, you know, in their 70s, 80s and 90s now. Would you agree, Lucas?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely if you're talking about the Italian-born population that we have, which I think from the last census is sitting around about just over 170,000. Josie, if you want to match it up to your numbers, but I'm pretty sure that's that's what it was at as of the recent census, which was 2021. Um, See, so the thing is, the number is inflated now, though, because when you're looking at Italian-Australians, we're up at over a million. But, I mean, that's obviously to anyone with any partial Italian um, yes. background and of any generation, whichever way you consider it. So the number in total is probably expanding as people are intermarrying, having more children, that type of thing, but... Mm-hmm. In terms of the actual born italian born population is probably halved in size from its peak which is natural
0: yes that's right and um with the statistics and it's the number of australians reporting an italian ancestry so i guess it really comes down to the person when they're completing their census form if they have a parent or a grandparent born in Italy, then they might tick that box and report yeah. Italian ancestry. But then somebody might think oh, I've only got one grandparent born in Italy, and they might they may not tick it. So obviously that's where the data is coming from. But in the most recent census in 2021, it was 1.1 million people living in Australia have identified as having an Italian ancestry, and that was the seventh largest in Australia.
1: Yes, yes. I was looking at some similar numbers and I might even have it as a slightly sixth or fifth. And there was a group there that was just considered Australian, which is a little bit um, like I'm assuming that's people mainly of the UK background again, which makes up the top few. So if you kind of merge that into the English or Irish or Scottish, um, it probably not like knocks um, Italian background up slightly I guess exactly. That's as, right. Yes. So well. the top five
0: um, ancestries... In the most recent census, was English, Australian, Irish, Scottish, and then Chinese was number five. Yes, I think Chinese has
1: recently overtaken Italy. Kind of not that too long ago. Yeah, I'm not Um, sure when. But yeah, yeah, I mean we're up there. I mean it's it's about from what I seen, it was 4.4% of the population, I believe, um, has full or partial Italian background. Mm-hmm. Which is a fairly high number. I think it's mm. very similar. I was looking at some of the numbers for the uh Italian Canadians and we're actually very, very similar.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Guys. It's probably a bit more com comparable to them compared to our friends in America. Um maybe I know there's massive numbers in South America as well, and that is future episodes. I would love to maybe um dive into some of the stuff. There's there's kind of what I find interesting that there's a lot of um South American people Brazilians and that sort of thing in Australia who have Italian ancestry.
0: Mm. Well, so Brazil is the highest number
1: um,
0: of Italians Brazil's living. Got massive numbers. It's the it's, yeah. it's it's the highest in terms of numbers. I don't know in terms of percentage of the population because obviously there's a lot more people living in Brazil than there is in Australia. Um, so like, I don't know how that breaks down percentage wise, but I know that Brazil is the country that's got the no- highest number of Italians living outside of Italy. Yeah,
1: and, but all through South America. And I know it's kind of off topic a tiny bit to our show of the Italian Australian podcast, but I find it super interesting and I'd love to at some stage get on some of my friends and people that I know who have Italian roots from Brazil and South America and just some of their experiences as well. And see, you know, if the, um, anti-sentiment and that sort of thing was so bad um, or as bad as when they've come to like non-English speaking countries and um, much more sort of, you know, white sort of countries and that sort yes. of thing. And it's quite interesting to see how they went immigrating. They're obviously picking up Spanish and Portuguese and languages like that a lot easier and mixing with people a lot more similar to them culturally. Mm. Uh, but like I said, that is slightly off topic. It just popped into my head as we're talking about numbers for whatever reason. I agree.
0: Um, Very interesting. So
1: Maybe we can do that. If the listeners have any interest in that, I think that'd be cool for a show down the track.
0: Put um, that yeah, so on Jersey, the list.
1: I will, I will. We have a long list, but we're going to get to them all. Um, so, yeah, how do you think, like, how do you feel about Josie? In terms of the generations, we we know there's some of the numbers ever in terms of these days, so, like, we're having a chat just recently and we're saying kind of like when we were born, say, 35, 40 years ago in the 1980s, mid-1980s, a lot of the immigrants had only been here for 20, maybe 30 years, and that sort of thing, and we weren't exactly. so far into our experience like we spoke on the last episode about the real Italian-Australian culture we feel now that's broken away and created quite a subculture. Um, Where do you kind of feel like we're sort of at in the generations now, having third and fourth, maybe fifth, and that sort of thing?
0: Well, I guess just like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode in terms of that the number of Italians that were oh, – Italians living in Australia, they, um, the majority of them have emigrated more than 50 years ago now.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: 70% approximately have been in Australia for more than 50 years. So yeah. when you look at how that is going to like impact on you know, their experience, the, like our experience, so we have like our nonna, she has been in Australia for how many years now?
1: Nonna no, Maria, she came well, our, on that side, both grandparents and our mum came in 1960. So what's that? Is that 63 years?
0: Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Don't ask me the maths.
1: You know, that's 63 years. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's right. 1960. So 2023. Um. Yeah. Then on the other side, on dad's side, they've come about seven years even before that as well. So, yeah, I suppose we are kind of really, we're breaking away a little bit from, uh, you know, that time period where I feel like the language was really strong and some certain areas of the cultures were strong. But that's just normal. I mean, that's, that's going to be course. for every group of people who are immigrating from anywhere all over the world. And I think we've actually done a very good job in Australia. So if we're going to just touch on now the culture mm. a little bit as well, I think the culture is still very, very strong. And there's certain pockets of the country where it's even stronger but i think all over um it is strong i've um i'm fresh from a couple of days holiday up in exmouth um up here in the north of western australia and you know i met italian people there i was speaking some italian with one of the waitresses and there's italian restaurants and cafes and you don't really go anywhere in australia without seeing the italian influence and also you'll find a lot of recent immigrants as well, which we've touched on, which I absolutely love. There's always seems to be enough Italians who are visiting Australia on a working visa or recent immigrants who've settled in Australia. And yeah, it really helps to just keep that culture sort of flourishing. And it's really good just to be able to um, just keep up with speaking a little bit of Italian and yeah, um, just speaking to people from a different region and that sort of thing. So I do really like that about Australia in 2023. I still feel like there's a strong Italian culture.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I found it was very interesting, actually. So it's not necessarily just Italian immigrants, but when I was doing my research, I found out that in terms of Western Australia, the um, statistical area where they get the data from for the census has got the highest proportion in the whole of Western Australia of overseas-born people.
1: Yeah, that is quite interesting.
0: mm. So I think that's relevant because it's definitely going to depend on like certain areas are going to have a lot more like proportions of overseas-born people, so obviously not just Italians. We've got certain like suburbs where we've got, you know, high proportions of like Vietnamese, for example. Um, and I think the same sort of pattern has happened with with all types of immigrants. So if we look at Italians, uh, I'm pretty sure in, in Perth it was it was originally Sterling actually. I thought it might have been um like Darnella or Balcata, but I think it was actually Sterling that had the highest number of Italians living there. Also around Fremantle Way too. Yep. There was a lot down there. And then obviously if you look at the eastern states, I know Carlton in um yep, Victoria.
1: Definitely Brunswick, Carlton. Yep. Um but really all over. I mean, um that's the thing about Italians or You find a lot of in the rural areas as well, obviously, with the farming and agriculture background from a lot of the southern Italians, but also through the cities as well. Yes. And through all industries of work and um, really have kind of spread all over, which I think has really um, helped to keep that culture really, really strong. That's right.
0: That's why I was bringing it up because I was going to say in terms of the culture, if you've got one family living somewhere on their own, it might be a bit hard for them to keep um, you know the traditions going but if they're um, yeah. if you've got a big group then that's where you'll find those places that's where the culture is more strong
1: oh yes for sure and um, there's also still a lot of um, Italian events and festivals around the country we won't go in too much because we will um, probably dedicate a whole episode to that or at least you know a big chunk of an episode com- completely to these sorts of things that are happening in the community and to all the great events that are happening around the country and the great people who are um, keeping these things alive, but the, you know you um often will find a lot of things like that happening all around through the Italian clubs and through other festivals that, yeah, can really hopefully keep the young younger generation interested. I know that some of these um, festivals that have been running for a little while um are probably hitting a few hurdles now with some of the older generations getting too old and passing away and that sort of thing and really trying to keep the young people inspired to. To keep up with everything and that is something that like we've mentioned before we really hope this podcast will kind of help and um even if people don't necessarily even 100% agree with what we're saying or certain things at least we can just you know get people's interest sparked again and get people talking about it and get people thinking about it um and we're happy just to be that platform where people can sort of um not prove us wrong, but maybe um have their say or just yeah, let us know, even that, better. You know it's actually like this or like that. And like I said, you know, we're not the um biggest experts in the whole world. We just um yeah, really enjoy talk talking about this sort of stuff. So we'll, really we'll probably hear, get more attention.
0: If people don't like what we're saying, we're probably gonna get more attention because yeah, people would that's cool. jump up and down. So
1: no, that's fine. Um, people can, yeah, do whatever they like and um, we look forward to hearing from you as well with some input because we want to sort of improve the show and all that sort of thing and talk about certain things that there's obviously a lot of stuff that we may not even know about that's happening around the country. We're over here in Western Australia, so we'd like to hear from people from all over the country um, about all things Italian and Australian. If we move on slightly now, Josie, um, just, just to the language. So obviously we'll just speak a little bit from our experience first. Um, How strong or where do you think we're at with the language. When I say language, I'm covering all your regional languages and dialects and that sort of thing before Patrick O'Boyle jumps up and down <laughs> if I fuck away. Regional language and dialects, sorry Pat, if you're if you're listening, but he I do will agree be listening, you. I'm sure. We'll, so we'll call them a regional language.
0: Yeah, get it right, Luke. Yeah. Yep. So how yes. do you feel Josie anyhow? Well, on the statistics, um, as well as being I guess it kind of matched up. So uh, Italian was the seventh um, the top seven. What was I saying? Like um,
1: most spoken language is it most spoken language,
0: English? but also matching in with the um, um, place where yeah, most the most people had up. ethnic. Yes.
1: The group of ethnic people. Yeah. Was that what you mean? Well, seventh yep. behind the English Irish. Yep. And so then yes,
0: yeah, so exactly. So that kind of matches up, and so uh, the seventh most spoken. Um, well, I guess a, you don't really know how much it's spoken, but in terms of people reporting that they speak a language other than English, Italy, mm-hmm. Italian was the seventh language on that list.
1: Yeah, once again, I'm, pretty, I'm sure it used to be higher, but obviously things are changing a little bit. And um, yeah, with recent immigrants coming in and I suppose um, what languages are being spoken, that um, sorry, um, taught at schools and that sort of thing as well, we'll have a time well, to do And once again, these yeah. are episodes we're going to dive into and really look at some of the stuff like that. And you might even find some of the recent immigrants, whether Italian or not, maybe aren't so much even speaking the language at home as well now with younger children and that sort of thing, which is a shame. But I do know of some people um, who not even necessarily just Italians, but they're kind of, um, especially if they're intermarried to a partner of a different nationality, um, their language is, you know, you might have an Italian with a Irish or something like that. And then they're not necessarily speaking Italian at, at home with the children and that sort of stuff. As well. well exactly, because so. even
0: even the Italians who are immigrating to Australia now, the majority of them speak English.
1: Of course, that's my point where the older ones, because we had such high numbers back in the day, um they're still sort of the non-near hanging on and speaking Italian at home, obviously all the time. but I would just like to touch on. I think the Italian language um, is still quite strong in terms of, like we said, the older generation. I mean, you go anywhere and you will hear, Italians, um, speaking Italian, having a cafe, um, might even see a pack of cards in and that sort of thing. But I mean, I can walk out the front of my house here and there's, you know, Italian born people just on my street, even the people speaking Italian and, um, you know, people will come to my house to uh, do a job or something. It's just, you know, it's Italian people, um, a mix of Italian Australia, a lot of also recent Italians as well. So I feel like the, the language is very present, which is fantastic. Um, that is one area that I'm really hoping can get passed on to the next generations. I feel like that's the first thing that will kind of drop away in terms of the food and other traditions and that sort of stuff. Like you might have um, third generation, fourth generation people now that are still doing a lot of the traditions like pig day and all this sort of stuff, but you may barely hear a word of Italian being spoken on the day and that sort of thing. So I feel like some of the other things will continue to thrive, but the language can drop off quite easily.
0: In particular, it will be the the regional languages that will drop away definitely because as you said it's the um so you go on like Duolingo and you're learning Italian um in schools they're teaching Italian not Calabresi or Napolitano or anything like that
1: yeah no that that's true and I have seen um a lot of friends and people that I know are kind of making that effort to rekindle the language which is fantastic um but I've Stop and kind of thought that, that how I put it it's, it's not really the the language of their family as such as we know sicilian is a completely different language napolitano is a completely it's actually um considered a language you know um they are very vast compared to standard italian and i think it's great that you see people kind of trying to keep up with the language and they'll go and start learning italian and that sort of thing but it can be a little bit sad sometimes when the dialect has been lost and um
0: well even yeah, for us just... I've so that's a, this is a good time to bring up that um in terms of speaking italian um yep i can speak italian reasonably well lucas speaks it even better than me but I, I, yes i've i've said that now
1: is that on the record that that's is been on, a bit of a on the official competition since record. we're born yeah okay
0: that's on the official record anyways um however um in terms of talking about regional languages, I can um, barely understand or speak um, any Calabresi whereas Lucas
1: I think you I think you understand a lot more than you think and I mean I suppose I think it depends for, on who's
0: speaking it as well. So like you know when I listen to it. It does, say, but you
1: might find Josie, there's different there's a there's a lot of different dialects in Calabra yep. itself. And some are very, very different. Ours is a lot more Sicilian because we're from the very south of Calabria.
0: Yeah. See, it's I can understand like Giovanni, to... for and example. And when I say
1: Sicilian, I mean Sicilian, that's probably the top of Sicily, more close to Calabria. If you're going to go down to different parts of Sicily again, then it's very different to how we speak our dialect in Calabria. So it's that's Italy for you.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so like, the if I'm watching a um a comedy clip and the Joe Avardi punchline is in Calabresi, I can understand like most of those. I've got to say and not that's
1: the absolute yes, yeah. it just sounds so much better. Those comedies yeah. in, in the dialects, which just for whatever reason, it's just so much better.
0: But even in saying that, not all of them. So there will be times when I can't understand um like the full, the full joke. Um, but then there's other times when I'll hear people speaking and I'm pretty sure it is Calabresi and I'll just, yeah, be quite lost. Whereas I think you, having spent a lot more time with our non um, yeah, and obviously him being, you know, Calabresi speaking, you picked up a huge amount more than what I did.
1: Yeah, I, I did. But the strange thing with that, um, so a little bit about us, we haven't really, I mean, these we're hoping to touch on this stuff in other episodes where it's more relevant. But as we're having this chat now, so we unfortunately lost our Nonna before we were even around. Um, Our Nonna passed away when our dad was quite young, so we never got um, to meet her. Um, But yeah, I did spend a lot of time with Nonna, and it was a little bit of a strange one because he would speak to me in dialect or a regional language, um, and I would basically speak back in a mixture of it's like standard Italian, which we learn from our mother's side, our mother being from Rome, um, and grandparents on the other side speaking standard Italian with a little bit of Roman slang. Um, Though I would speak back in Italian, Calabresi, mm-hmm. and English. So it's a real bit of a mix because I'm not fluent in the dialect. And the reason that I'm not fluent in the dialect is probably not having the Calabresi non there as well, and having that real traditional um you know, grandparents' house where you'd go and have none of the cooking for you and this and that. I mean, we just didn't have that on the Calabresi side. And
0: I think that's been um, a huge, a huge factor in our lives. But it's something that I only just recently, again, just doing this podcast, it had never, never really occurred to me that 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 was something that was missing. Because I guess you're a kid and you just, you know, you're just used to that and you have your grandparents' houses and you know, and that. But then it was only just, yeah, recently that I stopped and realised, hang on a second, you know, our nonna was dead. We didn't have the Calabrese nonna. And then it kind of just hit me and I thought, oh, my goodness, imagine if we'd had that Calabrese nonna, I'd be, you know, a Drusipina all the time. And I thought, wow, I probably would at least understand a lot you're,
1: more. You're named after, Yeah. once again, it's going to be another episode but you're josephine which should be just a pina, but in that era it wasn't really the cool thing to to name us or the actual translations of our i mean i mean they named us the translations not our actual grandparents names and that sort of thing so um yeah but no one was yeah, really yeah,
0: calling me that y- you are just a yeah but not so much yeah. like our nonna wasn't calling me just you know like maria's oh, no, calling no, me no, no, jossie did, but- yeah, but no-no again, no-no we're would. not seeing him Dinner? so much like as little kids. Yeah, no, it's you know I mean?
1: it was a different dynamic. Like I said, yeah. not not having work. we've seen in our other extended family, you got your nonna, you got your nonno. you go there, it's the rural. Like I know a lot of our listeners are blessed to have, and I really say blessed to have because it is a beautiful thing to go around and have both your grandparents there and all that yes. sort of stuff. Where nonno was just a super hard worker to very late in life because it's kind of all in you and what it was used to. Um, you know, being having lost his wife at a young age and he just really just it, dedicated himself to work and raising mm-hmm. the family, the five young children that he was left with.
0: And so um, we spent a lot of time with our nonna Maria when we were kids, like lots and lots of time that was amazing, but oh, I guess what I'm saying time. but she was not a Calabresi woman. She's not you know, I'm not getting called Pina. I'm getting she'd call me Jossie you know
1: yeah that's right
0: and that's had quite a uh yeah quite an impact i think just in terms of yeah, the language that i can speak and that i can understand and then i guess we'll talk about that more on another episode so
1: yeah no that's right um but yeah just just to touch on where I was at, it is a little bit interesting in our personal um experience where Nuno on the Calabresi side um would kind of say to me to not worry so much about speaking his dialect which I don't know if that's strange or some people would really want to pass it down, but he was kind of maybe a little bit forward thinking from him. He was sort of like, Oh, look, um, you know, if you're going to learn how to speak exactly how I speak, that that's good. But you're going to go to our little tiny village because it is a little tiny village where he was from and they'll understand. you. But then he goes, you're going go to go even to other parts in Calabria and they might not understand you so much, let alone outside of the region or anywhere towards the North or that sort of thing. So I remember him telling me that at a sort of young sort of age and as I got pretty um, confident in my Italian speaking, Um, he was kind of happy just for me to, yeah, speak to him in Italian. He was almost, I know some, there's a bit of a divide sometimes with dialect speakers and Italian speakers, but Nonna was always really happy that um, I was doing well speaking standard Italian, that I always mix in a lot of the dialect as well. And then obviously just some English, because as you do, whether you're, you know, it's just how it's done here, you would say, you know, you just, it just, just mixes in, just in in our own unique way, which is quite funny to listen to. Yeah, it is. So, so yeah, so with the language, um, we feel that it is still strong at the moment and you will definitely hear uh, a lot of Italian being being spoken in Australia, um, in public or at home or anywhere really. Um, I'll go to the shops and you see the nonni there and they're speaking Italian and anywhere really, um, but this is the one area that we feel probably – by the time it's hitting the second and third generations has taken the biggest blow. Would you agree, Josie?
0: Yes, I would. And I guess it's you think about that. So, what's the way forward? And I think um, even just if people can't learn the regional languages, I guess what our granddad said was a um, you know a good point. Um, I guess just even having an awareness that they did exist, and um, even learning some words, mixing it in with Italian um, is still, I guess, a way of keeping the language alive and the language would evolve, but languages do evolve anyway in all parts of the world. So, um, and it's probably worth mentioning that it's not just in Australia because we're, you know, second and third generation Italian Australians. Definitely um, in Italy, that's a... That's something that's happening as well. So it's not it's not just over here, is that the younger generations are speaking Italian. It's a uniform Italian being taught in a lot of schools and definitely in some areas, the regional languages are being lost even in Italy.
1: Oh, big time, big time. I mean, um, I know for a fact that there it was Italians who were doing studies on their regional languages and dialects over in southern Italy uh, were being sent to Australia Um at some stage not too mm. long ago to kind of continue their studies um but like you said that's very true there's definitely um places down down south and i'm assuming probably all over um with their their regional languages and dialects really are uh, um not spoken so much at all by the young generation and i actually um and then you know I watched a TED talk recently as well. I can't remember what what it was called. Maybe I can put it in the show notes. It was really interesting. Um, It was an Italian TED talk. And the lady was also explaining how um, also with the dialects being lost and that type of thing. Also, even standard Italian now, they're using so many borrowed words from the English language as well. And you see it on a lot of advertising campaigns and uh, TV and just everywhere really. And Um, I think her main point was kind of saying how not only have we lost all these regional languages that were unique to this country, to Italy, um, you're then getting, even losing parts of the Italian language instead of using a beautiful Italian word, they're just swapping it for the English word and that sort of thing too. So it's quite, it's quite interesting.
0: Yes, Lucas, that's a very interesting point about what's happening with the Italian language also in Italy, not just outside of Italy.
1: Yes, yeah it is and it's something like we touched on it sort of happens across the board in all countries of all different um immigrants and that type of thing but it is something that i think look i'd I'd love um people to contact us and let us know if they feel differently but it is something that i feel um is happening here in australia where the language probably isn't getting passed down to these people now who may be second third fourth generations into the italian australian experience and I mean, I'd love to hear from people saying, No, you're you're wrong, you know, everyone speaks Italian still really good, all the regional languages and that sort of thing. But if you are someone who maybe hasn't passed it down to your children or grandchildren, um and all that sort of thing, we would love if this episode or podcast in general can sort of help you to really um wanna, you know, do these things and be inspired, pass in some of the traditions. Be motivated. Yeah, um, especially the language, because that is one, as you mentioned, that is, is hard to keep up, takes a little bit of ma- maintaining. And would you agree, Josie, that's something that we feel passionately about? Absolutely. I mean, we were lucky to kind of um, learn the language from our family. And we were kind of we we had a hand up, Josie, because as we mentioned, our mum's side speaking standard Italian. Yeah. We were able to learn sort of um standard Italian from mum and the grandparents on that side and being around family from that side and spending a lot of time with our family back in Italy has been in Rome where they're speaking standard Italian, which has given us a leg up. I, I know it is harder um, for our friends and family over here that are just purely from the south or from the north that has a very um, different regional language to standard italian it is kind of hard to then try and keep up with the mainstream um italian so we were uh, lucky that that's I right. do acknowledge that, that was
0: definitely um that was definitely um useful for us in terms of learning the like you know what you could call standard italian i think it is worth just pointing out that even in Rome, depending on the area, like, do you remember, like, Zil, um in um, Fiumicino will tell us that they speak differently over in, like, ariccia Do you remember him saying that before?
1: Yeah. Italy's he, nuts. That's He thing. gave that me, like, this long, their own little yeah, yeah it's probably long one talk. word. But...
0: And also the accents and stuff. And he was, like, going, oh, yeah. 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 Like, obviously, in, you know, in Italian, he's, like, oh, we're going to go over there, wait till you hear, like, their accents over there. Yeah, it's funny. how um, I mean, ask like to them it's a bit more laughing. noticeable. Having... Yeah.
1: That's no, funny, man. They're pretty, they're pretty crazy. Everyone knows that from little town to town. And, you know, like that, the dialects will change and the accents will change. And I think around those areas, it's mainly this, this sort of slang and the things that they say. It's definitely not as, as different um from some places, where the dialects will not. completely change. um.
0: But, but he was dead serious so it quite, about that. This is quite interesting.
1: Oh, yeah, no, they're, they're, you know, they're strict on that sort of stuff. This is their area. 45 are their words, minutes
0: away from oh, me.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. when you go further down south, that's what I mean. It's really nuts. You'll go like five or 10 minutes or maybe slightly more into a different village and it, it, it is a different dialect. And I think a lot of that came from, especially in the south, being very mountainous and, um, you know, how the land was and people not mixing so much. Back, back in the day, I believe that's kind of, of why that, Um, you know, that the dialects would sort of be quite different to each other. But um, yeah, I think this has been a fun episode again, Josie. And just in conclusion, um, if we can just kind of finish up with saying um, we do sort of feel that we're lucky over here um, in terms of the generations um, that you might be third or fourth generation now, but you still have the opportunity to mix with the non-Ni and the beautiful people who've immigrated from Italy and are still around and helping the culture to flourish here in Australia today. We feel like the culture is still very strong. There's lots of great Italian festivals and events and things that are happening all around the country and in your local communities and in the cities. And we will be touching a lot more on some of these in future episodes. And the language is there as well, Josie, and the regional languages and the dialects. And they are still there. They're still around. um, But we really hope that people can put in the effort to try and pass them down to the younger generation, to their young children, and really keep it flourishing.
0: Absolutely. We hope you guys are all feeling inspired and motivated after listening to us for the last half an hour or so. And we will speak to you guys next week.
1: Thanks for listening. Ciao for now.
0: Adiós.